With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Wednesday. That means Jerry Reynolds. Jerry, coming up for you in one minute. And holy moly, Jim Bob Bowley, Jerry, uh, the fact that tomorrow's June 1st, you know, it's probably a good idea to start playing some uh, basketball again, right? I mean, these seasons just go on and on and on, but we finally have an NBA Finals. How are you, sir? I'm good, and you're exactly right. I mean, boy, this thing, honestly, just drags on too long. The NBA probably, but they're like every other sport. It just, uh, they just, uh, I guess because they can, they they drag it on forever, but, uh, you know, I I'm old enough to remember when the finals were were over in April. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's right. Uh, and and I'm not at all sure. You know, it's kind of like March Madness. Well, March Madness, that had me. You know, it's a it's an April now, <laughs> and so that's right. Uh, you know, it's uh yeah, uh, but it's going should be a great series. I'm really looking forward to it. All right, let's talk about Miami first. And what they've been able to do in these playoffs is quite remarkable. Beat the number one seed in round one. You know, they beat the number two seed. You know, they've been able to persevere. They were up. They were down. Um, They find ways to win, which is kind of the mantra of Pat Riley's organizations. And, you know, Eric Spolster, you and I have talked about how good of a coach he is. You were talking about Eric Spolster being a good coach before anyone else was. Uh, The guy still doesn't get enough credit. No, I th- I think this this might turn the tide, you know, to realize, you know, when he's with the level of talent that he has compared to us, some other teams and the success they've had, uh, you know, uh, no question, you know, he's a sure Hall of Famer right away. And as you pointed out, I mean, that whole organization and and it starts with uh, Pat Riley. I mean, there's no no he may be the greatest uh basketball administrator in the history of the game. I think you could say that fairly because, you know, as a coach and as a general manager president, uh, his success really trumps everybody's, uh, I think. Jerry, a lot of home teams have lost in the playoffs this year. I mean, you go back to Sacramento, they couldn't take care of a home seven game, game seven. You know, you look at Philadelphia, they had a chance to win the series. They lost a, a, a home game in game six. 
There have been many other home teams that have lost uh, in the playoffs this year. Maybe the one exception is the Denver Nuggets really have been pretty good at home, which they were uh, throughout the year. But even what Boston did in game seven on their home floor, I think you look at the three-point shooting, Jerry, it just seems that's the barometer that now you either win or lose in the NBA based on that status, uh, based on that statistical category. Well, you know, the old saying, you know, it's a make-or-miss league. Well, it is, and now it's a make-or-miss three-point league. Uh And and I'm not a big fan that it's gotten to that point. You know, I still think that I'm not against three-point shooting, but it's exaggerated, and you're – you know, everybody's not Steph Curry, you know, and you're seeing mediocre shooters pulling up in transition and shooting 25 footers. And it's like, really, really? When did this become good strategy? Uh, It's unbelievable uh, to me. And I think your suggestion years ago to eliminate the corner three would make so much sense for the NBA game. I think that could take care of a lot of the issues right now. I do too. I mean, it would eliminate, you know, basically you wouldn't have to watch guys drive to the basket and, and turn down layup to kick it out to the wing or the corner three. That would be a good move. But but I think instead of having 40 and 53-point shots, you'd get down to 30. And that, that I mean, is that not enough for most basketball fans to see uh, 33-pointers a game? And they'd be in actual uh, the same basic distance. So you wouldn't have the corner three, which affects the – the cheap three. I've always said, if you're going to give three points for that shot, you should give some free throws, 12 foot shots, have a cheap line for three throws. Uh, Same thing. What do you think the average would be per game for Pacer Stoyakovic if he was 25 years old right now and basically getting his career going in his prime? Oh, well, it'd be, you know, he'd average another five points a game. I mean, I think, you, you know, you go back to Mark Price and guys like that. Uh, you know, in today's game, certainly go back to Larry Bird and 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 Dale oh, Ellis wow. And, wow. and and guys like that. You know, I mean, to where it was a unique shot where you teams would shoot maybe seven or eight of them a game, uh, and you had great shooters that would only shoot a few, three or four a game. And so, yeah, any of those guys uh, over the years, and and I mean, so. So that it's kind of like to me, it's kind of like the football thing to where quarterback yards, passing yards, it's it's such a, a, a misconstrued thing now, you know, as opposed to quarterbacks in the past who didn't, who who you know, you didn't have the same rules and and they could be the very best in the game, but they wouldn't have anywhere near the passing yards that current quarterbacks have. You know, I look at a guy like Reggie Miller. You know, if he were coming into the league right now, he would average over thirty points a game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, he was certainly a star in his time and you, a little bit unique in that he shot more threes than most. That's right. But, uh, you know, I mean, it, clearly he was so good at it, he'd have shot an extra five to ten every game, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. All right, let's talk about Denver. Uh, that's a lot of time off between games. You think that's going to be a factor in game one? I do. I really do. I think uh, for Miami – that you know, if there's any team in the NBA that has a home court advantage, it's probably Denver yep. due to the altitude. And I think that's one of the reasons there hasn't been they haven't been upset as much as other teams' home court, which you pointed out. I mean, home court overall, and we've talked about this, is a lot less valuable 
in the playoffs than it is during the regular season. And I think that shows up. But but if I'm Denver, I'm scared to death of this first game because, Me too. Uh, you know, Miami is coming off, uh, you know, a tough series. They're battle tested, so to speak. It's going to it may take uh, Denver. And I mean, Mike Malone's aware of it, but, uh, you know, nine days off or whatever. I mean, it's it's going to be tough to get your competitive juices going. I'm with you on that. I think if Miami's going to win a game in Denver, I think their best chance might be game one because I could see Denver really having a, a very slow first quarter or or two quarters. And then after that, I, I don't think it should be that much of an issue. And Nikola Jokic, the way he plays, I, I don't know how much rust he's going to have. Jerry, we talked so much about him during the regular season and now in the postseason. For those that had uh, or or any skepticism, towards Nikola Jokic. I would think those critics, those doubters, uh, who for whatever reason didn't want to give him the props that he deserved, now have their lips sealed. Uh, he's pretty He's pretty much silenced everyone in these playoffs that had any doubts about his game. Yeah, anybody that uh, is supposed to be a, an expert and an analyst and all that, and the media that uh, hasn't recognized that uh, if not the best player in the league, he's one of the the very select ones, and and he's proven that. And uh, yeah, you know the, the all the detractors that said he didn't deserve most valuable player, and in the past he he wanted to realize that no, he did. He's one of those guys now. Uh, you know whether he's better than a Dedekumpo or you know or LeBron. You know you can have those kind of arguments, but he's clearly one of the five best players in the world, if not the best. And then we saw the impact of uh, Jamal Murray in the previous series. The, these We always talk about matchups, all right? So let's break this down a little bit. Miami, Denver. Let's look at it from Miami's perspective. Do they have matchup issues with Denver? And in your opinion, what are their biggest concerns? Well, I, I think they do have matchups. But but here's the thing. Eric Spolster is going to play a lot of zone because they do have matchup issues. And uh, and if I'm Denver, I'm a little concerned about that because uh, that will take away. I think the zone will take away some of the things that Jokic Jokic likes to do. He's obviously a great passer. He really isn't interested in scoring 50 points a game. He wants to make sure his teammates all get involved. And I think the one thing I think I'll look for is I think that the zone will take some away some of the passing angles that, uh, you know, the back cuts and some of those things that uh, Jokic is so good at. Now, I think it won't affect his scoring at all, but I think it's going to affect his passing uh, a good deal. All right. From Denver's perspective, what what's their biggest issue when you look at Miami? Is it Jimmy Butler? Well, Jimmy, you got to start there. Jimmy Butler is a handful. You know, he's a He's an alpha. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I always said Jimmy Butler is a very average player during the regular season. And once the playoffs starts, he becomes one of the very best in the world. I mean, he's been, he is playoff Jimmy. I mean, you know, he, he definitely is look, he has no interest in the regular season except for special games, (laughs) (laughs) but, but that's how he's been for, you know, his career for the most part, but yeah, he's the guy they've got to, get him under some level of control. Mm-hmm. And, and of course it's, you know, the thing about the, the Miami heat, you know, it's all those other guys, you know, the Caleb yep. Martins and, and I mean, they, you know, Vincent, I mean, these guys are playing like 
major players. And, uh, you know, they get Tyler Hero hurt and Duncan Robinson just steps in and says, thank you very much. I'll just play like him. Or it's unbelievable. Better. It's unbelievable. I mean, now, so much of the credit has to go for as far as the playoffs to, to Eric Spolster. I mean, he really has has some enough structure to where some of these guys who might not be able to get shots with the Celtics who are playing more one-on-one kind of a game, but they're not playing one-on-one. They're playing a team game and playing off one another. Good to hear from uh, Rich a moment ago who said he was at uh, Bennett's over the weekend. Hope you had a, a great meal, Rich. Bennett's with uh, locations in Sacramento, Roseville, and soon coming to Rockland. Don't forget about their weekend brunch, and uh, they specialize their prime rib on the weekend. Over 50, that's right, over 50 different types of wine available by the glass. Prime seafood and steak at Bennett's. Again, check out their locations in Sacramento. How in Fair Oaks, Roseville, Eureka, and Lead Hill Road and look for them coming soon to Rockland. For their menu, food to go, and everything else, go to Bennett'sRestaurants.com. That's Bennett'sRestaurants.com. And, Rich, we appreciate you uh, going in there and uh, hope you had uh, a really good time and food uh, at Bennett's. So you think Denver wins this series, correct? I mean, I don't know of anyone that's picking Miami. Have you run into anyone that's picking the Heat to win this series? No, which uh, should scare you, but uh, I didn't know anybody picked them to beat Boston either That's or right. Milwaukee. Uh, but but yeah, I've got the Denver winning. I think they're so they're they're the better team, a little more talented team, and and they're extremely well coached as well. I mean, you you know there'll be no real coaching advantage to speak of. Uh, you know, I I I think that you know, Denver being the home with the home advantage, I, I think we'll win the series. I've got it in my mind going at least six. I really do. Do you really? Okay. Uh, yes. I like Denver to win this series in five. And I, I just think Miami has really the attrition on this team, uh, I think might show up a little bit. Now, with that being said, there are a lot of days off between games. So I'm, I think we're going to learn a lot in game one, by the way, I meant to say this to you. You need a consultant job like your buddy Larry Bird. You know, I saw Larry got a, his back consulting with the Pacers where you sit on the uh, a little folding chair on the side of the court once in a while and watch practice. That would be good for you, Jerry. Well, it would, especially if they'd pay me like they pay Larry. You know, I, <laughs> I, I told you before, I said I saw that this morning and I texted him about it. I just said, Larry, I'm glad you're back working for the Pacers. I said, because we need more people paying into Social Security to help me out. And he said, he said, that's exactly why I did it, you know, <laughs> to help you out. So, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, yeah, I think he's, you know, he's got a lot to give to back to the game. I think he was getting bored and, and certainly he was valuable to the Pacers and, and, you know, he's the one that hired Kevin Pritchard. So, you know, they have a good relationship. It's one of those consultant jobs that the consultant will actually be consulted. And uh, it, it, so many times they're not much. And he and Carlisle have known each other forever, right? Oh, yeah. They go back. I mean, he hired Rick as a coach for the Pacers. Yep. And, you know, I always remember years ago, back in the 90s, I'd, when I, when Larry still lived in, in, in French Lick, I'd go back when my parents were alive and things. And 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 I know a couple of summers that Rick was, Carlisle was staying with Larry for a week or two, you know, and he, I always remember he was an assistant coach with New Jersey at that time. Uh-huh. And, uh, so he was just starting his coaching. So yeah, that goes way back. And, and uh, so, so that's a great relationship. 
Rick Carlisle went to Indiana. Is he from Indiana? No, no, he's uh, from I think Massachusetts or something. Okay, but he was just back visiting Larry, really. Okay, like I say he played. He played on the Celtics when Larry's. They didn't. Yes, play of much. course. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I was wondering how far back you know they go, but it was probably when Carlisle and Bird were on were teammates, right? That's probably when yeah, it started, it, correct? Yeah, it goes yeah. back there, you know, where they they were very close, and that so it's carried over. And of course, Larry, like I say, hired him. Uh, from uh, Detroit to coach Indiana when Indiana, you know, had a, had probably had the best team in the league that one year until the uh, couple of guys got injured against Detroit when Detroit went on to win the NCAA or NBA title. But so there's a long, long list there. Well, I know when the trade was made, I, I know, and we, I don't like to, you know, get into private conversations, but I don't, I don't think you would mind me saying this, but I know that Larry really endorsed Sabonis as a guy that Sacramento would absolutely love. Like he, he was a big time Sabonis supporter, wasn't he? Yes, he was. And of course he wasn't a consultant at that time. Cause he, he did say that, you know, if they'd asked my opinion, I would have said, uh, don't do it because he said, in my opinion, uh, Domas is a guy, is a foundational kind of guy. He's a guy you build around. They're, they're hard to find those. And he said it has nothing to do with Halliburton. He's a terrific young player, but it's easier to find really good guards and wings than it is, uh, you know, bigs that make people better. And 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 I think that's true. You know, he's uh, that's kind of why, you know, the kind of year he had, he was – as valuable, if not more valuable than any player, you know, I mean, certainly you make the case for Fox, but it's hard to find those guys. You know, he's a, a lesser version of Jokic is what he really is. Yeah. That's a great point that Larry made. So Larry still is somebody, even when he wasn't consulting after his coaching that he, he's still watching a lot of basketball. Would that be accurate? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know and I mean? And, and he's different and truly, he's different than a lot of the old greats. Uh, he really loves the modern player. And ain't, now he doesn't like all the things about the modern game. But he's a, a big fan of, you know, it's not one of those guys, uh, oh, these old these young guys don't play like we did kind of stuff. He's saying, hey, these are great young players and, and uh, give them their due. It's their time. I remember you would tell me once in a while, he goes, hey, Larry says uh, he's watching and really enjoys the broadcast. And I'm, I said to you, I go, what the hell's he doing staying up this late watching the Kings games, you know? But he watched <laughs> yeah. he watched all the games, you know? Yeah, he did. I mean, you know, it's like uh, he always said he liked our broadcast a lot, you know, and obviously the team wasn't particularly good. But uh, and he said you were real good. He wasn't too high on me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll take any compliment I can get. <laughs> The uh, the the uh, coaching carousel. Nick Nurse going to Philadelphia. Your your thoughts when you heard that news? Good coach. Uh, I think it'd be an excellent hire. I was a little surprised maybe he took that job over other ones, but uh, I think it's a great hire. I, I think uh, you know he he's got a chance to make them better. Now I don't know what else. You know I'd be almost surprised if if he feels Harden's a key guy, but, but then, you know, I don't know, you know, my, my opinion, they could move on past that and go a different direction there and turn the team over to Maxie. I think he's probably ready, but, uh, but nurse is terrific coach. And, you know, like I like to say with Budenholzer and, and Monty Williams still out there. I mean, that's, those are all three of those guys are just yeah. big time guys. And then a guy like Frank Vogel won a world championship and, He's not being mentioned anywhere, but that's how the league is now. 
Jerry, Daryl Morey's infatuation, infatuation with James Harden is beyond ridiculous. I did a rant on this. It just, to me, shows Morey's inability from a mental capacity to put a winning team on the floor with the way he just loves everything about Harden. I don't know how any basketball mind can 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 look at James Harden and say, that's a guy I want on my team, and I'm going to give him 35 or $40 million a year. I don't understand that. I just don't get it. Well, that's the problem I have with it is it's how much money and, and commitment do you make to him? And certainly he's a really good player. We know that. And, uh, and, and he can help you win some game and win games for sure. But, uh, is, is he the guy that's going to help you get over the top? I think he's proven that he's not. And, uh, you know, whether, you know, rumors are that Houston's ready to make a big commitment to him. And I, I, I don't understand that at all. Uh, with the young, with the young team, but uh, you know, I that would mean, be a nightmare. That would be an absolute nightmare for the Houston Rockets. That makes zero sense to me. Zero, it, zero. I, I agree. I, I mean, it's kind of like the whole thing with uh, Brown and Tatum. Well, you gotta, you know, pay these guys, you know, max deals. Uh, you know, three hundred million commitment things like that. It's like, you know, I understand that. It to me, it's just uh, the whole cap thing. The, the new collective bargain agreement is really a bad deal for the average player. Yep. You know, it's almost, I always say, it's almost like society where the CEO of a big companies are making hundreds of millions and the, the third vice president's making 70,000. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's something wrong with that picture, you know, that, uh, and I, I, like I say, I think the, the the main the star players kind of control the players association and they got the deal that that really is the best for them but it's not the best for overall teams and players in my opinion i mean you really should have more guys that the third fourth fifth sixth best players making a lot more than they're going going to be making in the future and I think these Supermax deals that are tied to whether you make the uh, first, second, or third All-NBA teams is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. It's ridiculous. It's it's absurd. That should have no bearing on your contract status. No, it shouldn't. And and teams, you know, the idea, and, I, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but the way I took it was the Supermax was for a Supermax player. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it for a Dedekumpo or Jokic. Yeah. Uh, I get it for those guys. I do LeBron, too. You know, and Curry. But – no, you got second level guys, you know, and and the media pushing it is like, why? Why? Yeah, Jalen Brown is not a supermax player. I, I'm okay with him a getting a big deal, player. but supermax, he, come on. Yeah, I mean that's like you know years ago. I mean with with really good teams, is James Worthy a supermax player? No, on the great Lakers Showtime Lakers. I mean you 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 can just stretch this too far. They're worth a lot of money, but. Uh, no, I, I think that's – and that's no. where teams have got to – and I think administrators and stuff, basketball people got to say, no, we want you, and we'll pay you more than other teams will pay you, maybe, because we want you, but we're not going to pay you 300 just because we can. You know, I mean, it's like, is anybody else going to pay Jalen Brown $250 million? No, they can't. Actually, they can't. So, I mean, you're bidding against yourself at some point, and then it comes back to bite you in the ass when you're uh, paying all the penalties that go with that. 
Well, the Kings are going to be in that situation with Sabonis after next season. He's going to be a super max guy. He's going to be on, you know, barring injury. He's going to be on one of those teams. And, uh, and again, is he a player that is worth it when you compare him to others? Yeah, I, I think he is. But for a small market like Sacramento, that's a challenging contract. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, I'm his biggest fan, but I wouldn't give him a super max deal. I just wouldn't. The Supermax player going forward is De'Aaron Fox. And I think you could make that case if he continues on his path. But uh, at some point, Domas is something lesser than that. Now, is he going to be super rich? Is is $35 million a year an insult? Well, I, I would be I wish ready I could to get insult. insulted like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's all I'd say. I mean, it's pretty amazing. All right, let's look at some of the other situations around the NBA. Phoenix still has not yet named uh, their head coach. I would think that's got to be coming any day now. Well, I would think so, you know, and I don't know, you know, I mean, there again, it's, to me, it's they, they've kind of boxed themselves in a corner. Is uh, okay, who are you going to get better? Now, you can get different. Now, Doc, if Doc Rivers takes the job, he's a very good coach, and and I think it, and I wouldn't say it wouldn't be a good change of pace and might make him better for a while because Monty is a little lower key. Doc's going to be in their face a little bit, but uh, but the but the end of the day is uh, you you know I I just it's like Mike Budenholzer in Milwaukee. Okay, you you hired an unproven assistant. Adrian Griffin may be terrific. He may be like Darvin Ham. That still doesn't make you better. I mean. Really, Milwaukee was a team that had their two best players injured half yeah. a great deal of the time and at key time. So, so what's you know? It's just like what, what are you thinking here? Well, to me, if I'm Phoenix, I'm looking at my window not being you know that open because of the age of Durant. I'm not getting Doc Rivers. Uh, Doc's big game record is horrible in the playoffs, and I can't ignore that. If I'm the Phoenix Suns, I'm not going after Doc Rivers. I'm, I'm just not. And I'm not saying he's not a good coach. But if you had to win one game, if you had to win a big game, I don't think Doc's on your top 10 list. I don't want to put words in your mouth. He's not on my top 10 list. He's not somebody that I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to have Doc Rivers coach my big game. I'm sorry. I'm not going there. No, I, he wouldn't be on my top 10 as much as I like him and think he's a really good coach. Yep. But uh, then again, the other side of it is who's available. Now, that's where – if I were Phoenix, I mean, I, I really disappointed they didn't make a strong push for Nick Nurse because I think I think that would have been the better hire for because just as you said, they've got about a two year window. Yeah, if that. And so you need a proven guy and, and, and you know, you may get lucky and get that assistant coach that really is a star, but I'm not sure who that would be. And uh, I mean. If if I were them, I'd be looking at uh, Budenholzer. Really, uh, as much, to my mind, he'd be a good fit there. Uh, other than that, it'd be trying to to steal somebody from an existing team with a lot of money. You know, i.e. Spolster Malone. Yeah. Uh, so you know some of those guys uh, that you know would 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 have an impact. Uh, uh, you know, so there's, but there's not a lot of them out there. That's for sure. I saw that Jordy Fernandez, the Kings lead assistant is a finalist for that job. 
Yeah, I mean, I think as assistants go, he should be at the top of the list. But there again, would you feel if you're the Phoenix ownership and, and all that, uh, you know, you think you need a championship, are you sure? You know, it's harder to be sure as opposed to somebody that's done it, you know. And I always say, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Frank Vogel, but he has done it. Yes, he has. Uh, or, or even guys that have taken teams to – finals i mean that that's uh, something you know to to where it's a you know a, a guy like terry stotts who really isn't being mentioned anywhere but i think he should be yeah you know in, in some of those those spots so yeah i'd i'd uh you know i'd like to have a guy that if i think i need to win a championship a guy that's at least gotten teams to the championship uh that's jaeger j-o-e not like uh the other way, but Jerry and I've talked about this. I mean, Yeggs has got to me, his windows closing each year. He doesn't get another head coaching job. All right. And so I think his, it, it, it may not happen for him again. I, I think it's, it needs to happen here this year or next year. If he's going to become a head coach again, that's just my take on it. Yeah, I agree with you. And I mean, I'm sure Dave knows that and any, and he'd be a candidate. There should be a candidate for jobs like Detroit. Yeah. You know, I know they're trying to get Monty Williams and I think if Monty's smart, he'll, he'll stay away from that one for a while and wait for the, cause he's going to get a top. Job. Yes, he is. But if I'm, but if I'm Dave Yeager, if I'm Terry Stotts, you, you've got to take, take a job. If you want to get back in, you're not going to get one of the top ones. And I think, for instance, either one of those would be terrific candidates for that job. I think they'd make a bad situation better. Wouldn't be good, but they'd make it better. Well, as you said, uh, if you're Dave Yeager, if you are uh, looking to get back into the dance, you talk about Terry Stotts. You and I uh, have always thought he's a hell of a coach. You're not going to say no if the situation's not ideal. You need a head coaching job. Uh, and with it comes the big paycheck. So you, you're not going to say no to that. So I, you make a good point. Be interesting to see what Detroit does. And they've got some nice young pieces. They're still probably a ways away, and you never know what's going to happen in the draft again. But um, it's it's not like they're, as you say, a bunch of dead horses. At least there's some potential in that organization. Yeah, there really is. And, and like I say, I think really they, you know, a good coach – could have an impact, you know, I mean, you don't take a 16 win team to 50, but you might take them to 27 or eight the first year. And then you get another player and, and all that, then you've got a chance to go forward. And, and the bottom line is just exactly what you said. I mean, uh, you're going to get a three-year contract with, you know, three or 4 million a year. And if you're one of those guys, uh, you know, you have to take it because at, at, at worst, it takes you to the farm. You know, and and all that. So uh, yeah, I'd uh, like say it with Monty Williams. I just don't think financially. I mean, they could throw, you know, tons of money at him. You know, ten million a year for ten years. Yep. Well, he might take it on that basis. But other than that, I don't know why he would. I think uh, a team that everyone needs to keep their eye on here for the next several years uh, are Oklahoma City. I, I think the Thunder are with their draft picks, assuming they draft fairly well based on, you know, Holmgren, who we didn't even see last year. And again, we don't know. I mean, he's never played in the NBA before. I'm looking at this as one of the real teams in the NBA that could ascend quickly. 
and they have a star at their point guard in uh, Shea Gilgos Alexander. I, I think when you look at teams to circle, that's one of the teams. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're really close. You know, they got a good coach. They got a great general manager yep. in Sam Presti. Uh, you know, their drafting has been tremendous. Yep. Uh, over the years, and they've got so many picks, they they probably don't even want to draft anymore. They, you know, they they know they're ready, so they can combine things, picks, and maybe some players to go get another really key piece. And as you said, I mean, Holmgren, we think's a good player. I don't know that he's a difference maker, but certainly be a good player. And uh, yeah, they they should really be a con competitor, you know, contender for a top six spot, I think, as well as, uh, you know, of course, San Antonio, yep. uh, all of a sudden they've got a ton of cap room and they could probably, and Wimbanyana, you know, maybe a, a franchise guy and a great, great coach and front office. So, uh, you know, they're going to get in the picture. So if you're the Kings, yep. you know, as a Kings fan, you're saying, well, there's some scary things there. And then yet we don't know, you know, it's like the miracle if Zion Williams can stay on the floor for for uh, New Orleans, they're going to get in the picture. Yep. But I, I don't know that you can count on I that. I don't think you can. And then the real question mark to me is Memphis. You don't know if the league's going to throw the hammer down on John Morant, and you don't know if Morant's going to throw the hammer down on himself, meaning that, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say that, you know, his actions are such that I don't think you can count on him even being part of the organization long-term. So what looked so promising just a year ago, a team that had championship aspirations and realistic championship aspirations, they're kind of floating in the water right now. We don't really know what's going to happen with them. No, you know, and it's, it's a shame, really is a shame, because, uh, you know, the, the leadership there as a coach, is, he's one of the very best young coaches, no doubt. Yep. But uh, John Morant is really, and Dylan Brooks, they've just been a bad bad look for that team on several levels, different levels. But yeah, I think the league is going to certainly uh, punish Morant as they should. I think one thing that where Memphis is, is good is with their backup point guard, uh, uh, Trey uh, Jones. Jones. I yep. mean, uh, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a good player and, and really they've proven they can win without John. I mean, I think John needs them about as much as, as, uh, as they need him. And, and so if the penalty isn't maybe more than 20 games and, and Morant really finally learns that uh, if he wants to be a gangbanger, it's probably not going to happen in the NBA. You know, uh, and, and, and Kenny, his dad learns that as well, which I think has been an equal problem of the sideline dad, but uh, you know, then they could probably, but to be yeah. second in the, in the West, I don't think that's happening. You, know, you talk about Tyus Jones. I, I think that's the type of a point guard the Kings need to back up Fox. And again, I know they don't grow on trees, but I, I'm still skeptical about if Fox goes down for any period of time, as, as nice as Davion Mitchell's game is, and I really thought he played very well in the series against Golden State, I still do not understand why he only played eight minutes in game seven. But uh, that's still, I'm still like perplexed by that. But I just wonder, Jerry, if when you talk about what Memphis has, that type of a point guard, I'm still skeptical about whether Mitchell could step in as a starter, Jerry, as a starter and run the show for Sacramento. Yeah, I don't think uh, you, you – I mean, I'm a fan too, and I think he's got a nice future, but I think that's still – he's still a work in progress. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, in my mind, you know, ideally, I mean, we know that the Kings would like to get a real power player at four and five. You know, as I've said, like many people, I, I love Nas Reed. I, I don't I think he's going to be in demand by a lot of people would be a good fit. But I also think at the guard line, a point, you know, a point guard that, that really can fit with Fox and, under, you know, that doesn't score a lot. You know, it'd be kind of like the Josh Giddy kid at the Oklahoma City. I mean, they're not going to get a guy like that no. who's an all-star in the making. But, you know, just for instance, you know, guys that could be out there that I think, you know, the the manual quickly from the Knicks has a little more size yep. and is a free agent or or if you could trade and get somebody like a Derek White from Boston. I, I like his length, his defensive ability. You know, he can score enough, you know, and, and uh, so, yeah, but that's, I mean, I think that's going to be the key, you know, it's it's really they got a terrific team, but now the trick is you got to find a way to get better. Yes. Just, you know, just bringing ours. I thought that was a key with the Kings back in the late nineties, you know, was the team was on the right track and they would have been a, probably a low level playoff team, but if they didn't, you know, they had to trade some really good players like Corliss and Jay will to, to get better and and uh and to fit yep. you know to be a serious championship contender and i think that's that's kind of the charge going forward easy to say hard to do jerry that office is looking nice and neat again i'm pretty impressed yeah i uh you know i've tried to pick up a little bit even mrs reynolds has complimented me on it that uh, says i'm doing better but she did say you are allowed to dust and things too which <laughs> i said no i'm really not allowed to yeah and that's a skill i have no i have no no desire to develop oh my gosh no please do not all right uh jerry no. have a good week uh really enjoyed this thanks very much and uh hopefully ryan can join us next week he, he's coming off yeah he's coming off ryan, uh, hip surgery on friday and uh he's still you know struggling to get around. So we hopefully to have him on next week. Yeah. I need to get him back and get him full strength and boy, we'll have a lot to talk about next. Oh week. boy. Yes, we will. All right, Jared. Can't wait. Take care. Bye-bye. See you guys. Good stuff from uh, Jerry Reynolds. And I want to tell you that uh, we are also brought to you courtesy of new works plumbing of Sacramento. Just go to sacserviceplumbing.com or call the number on your screen. And remember, if you have an emergency in the middle of the night, no problem. New works will be there with their 24-7 service. That's sacserviceplumbing.com. New Works Plumbing, they've got a fix for you. Hey, so great when I can talk with Jerry, and thank you very much for uh, pulling up a chair and joining us right here. Hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Yeah, we got NBA basketball starting tomorrow, game one, and Jerry will be back with us next Wednesday to uh, talk about it. Monday, Sean Salisbury right here on if you don't like that as well. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us right here on If You Don't Like That. Bye-bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.